Hour number two on Canuck Central. It's Stan Richo and Satyar Shah. We're here in the Kintech studio. Kintech, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, powered by thousands of five-star Google reviews. Sore feet, what are you waiting for? Uh, we've got lots still to come on the show. Mostly just overrated, underrated. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which I know is uh, everybody's favorite segment here on uh, Canuck Central. It's fantastic. And, uh, you know, yes, some people say it's too many off, you know, non-sports topics. Non, uh, non-sports, non-Canucks topics. Yes. But there's been more Canucks topics this year because <laughs> they've been so good this season. So, And it's also on YouTube. So uh, make sure you check that out if uh, you want to see our ugly mugs tell you what is overrated underrated josh or is trying to uh perfectly rated yeah josh is trying to hurry us along i can see 507 guys i can see the look on just his face. get to it already all right it's overrated underrated you know how it goes you give us topics we tell you if they're overrated underrated or perfectly rated let's bring in uh, producer josh elliott wolf and ben bastard into the conversation we will start with this one we got a lot of it yep mm. Including this one from Rando. Phil Kessel and his impact on the Vancouver Canucks. So, can I, I think we're in agreement here that Phil Kessel is generally an underrated player. Yes. I, I feel for a, a guy that has over 400 goals, near 1,000 points in his career, and has won three cups, nobody ever says that about Phil Kessel. No. <laughs> it's just like, oh, the hot dog guy? <laughs> That's pretty much all he is. He doesn't look like a professional hockey player. It's like, yeah, what do you look like, dope? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but he's probably saying, he looks like me. That's the problem. That's my problem. Yeah, except he's, he just happens to be really good at hockey at the same time. He's like a John Daly of hockey. <laughs> he also crushes fitness tests, apparently. Like, he's yeah. usually. He broke the, the beep the test. Team. Isn't that the, the joke that people make? He yeah. broke the beep test? Yeah. So, I. Okay. Um, uh, Frankie Corrado, good Woodbridge boy. Uh, I've, I've heard from some different people that have played with, with Phil Kessel in the past. And it's like, it was more just like Kessel didn't always do especially during training camp like the other fitness things that guys were having to do like uh, all right everybody go on the bike feels like going off to the washroom or something he's like, like that I'm good. but he's he was like he's like the kid in your math class that sits in the back sleeps through the whole class and then aces every test he was just a freak fitness wise he, he was so okay underrated as a player yeah the question was the fit in vancouver yeah well that's overrated yeah if you're expecting Phil Kessel to come in and be this contributor who's going to play a sizable role on this team and put them over the top, that's not what he is. Yeah. At best, he's a, he's a depth option. And perhaps a valuable one if he does sign and if they need him and his skills, he could be good in the locker room with his presence. So I think there are things that he can help with overall as depth. But if you're thinking of him and penciling him into a top six role or anything, yeah. that's what I would overrate. So, the the only area that I think Phil Kessel can maybe help the Vancouver Canucks, and I, look, I just said this after standing for Phil Kessel as much as I did, but the like, there's two things I think Phil can help with: be cover for an injury in case you know one of their more offensively, mm -hmm. you know, one of their guys further up the lineup maybe gets hurt. The Canucks don't have a lot of cover guys that could jump up the lineup and fill those kinds of roles. At least Phil has. Uh, that track record to him. Although at 36, you'd wonder about 
his overall game, right? Even though he was pretty good in Vegas last year. But the thing is power play too. Like I tried to look it up today. How many goals does the second power play unit have for the Vancouver Canucks? Does anybody have an two. exact number on this? It's two? Yeah, it's, two. it's less than, uh, you can count it on one hand. So my, the, my best research, I was like, okay, how many power play points does Connor Garland have? He's got one. Yes. So well, that's why it's funny. Ch- chances are the pe- second power play unit hasn't done very much for the Vancouver Canucks. Well, that, that's why it's funny. As much as you know, and I agree, I would take Mikheyev off yeah. the power play, put Hoaglander on. Like I don't dispute it. But when people you know cite like Garland's power play points, like he has one more power play point than Mikheyev. <laughs> one more. So it's it, you know like that's that's the area that maybe Phil can add a little bit of extra help, like improve this team on the margins is their second power play unit. But I would also just be on board to have Phil Kessel join the Canucks, be a part of a team chasing down the President's Trophy, and at the same time get his 1,000th point as an NHL player. Because he's only eight points away. Chances are he could get it. Yeah, he could. That would be a fun uh, fun thing. Next one comes from Austin in Langley. Moving Ilya Mikheyev in the summer to keep Dakota Joshua and Teddy Bluger. Just want to say Austin and his crew, uh, great, great folks that I saw at uh, the Super Bowl Sunday party. Uh, awesome. Just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah. Love our listeners here on uh, on Canucks. Oh, well, they're fantastic. They're the best. They're the best. Uh, uh, good Austin, guy, Austin, too. Great guy. And this this text hurts me a little bit because I am a Mikheyev guy. Uh, I'm going to say overrated moving Mikheyev in the summer to keep Teddy Bluger and, and Dakota Joshua. Mm, interesting. Interesting. That's going to be a bit of a hot take, especially with the way Mikheyev's playing right now. Yeah. Well, if he gets his speed back next season and all That's of a sudden... That's kind of what I'm leaning towards, right? Like, can he get his speed back and then be a little bit more of the Ilya Mikheyev we expected to see? I would, you know, for all the talk around Garland and Besser and how all of a sudden they figured it out this year, can Mikheyev be the guy who does that back next, next season, for instance? So I'm with you in terms of... I've always liked Mikheyev. I do think he's not playing the best. I, I think he's seen some positive things here and there. But the idea of moving his money out and signing other players or having the space to do other things, I do think it could be an underrated move. Mm. If the trade-off is like two for one, Joshua and Bluger for Mikheyev, then I take Joshua and Bluger. Okay. Maybe it doesn't have to be those two. It could be other names that you bring in. Yeah. Potentially with Mikheyev's sure. money too. So I got I'd this. be open to it, I guess. Got this one on the text line. Goalie trade value and... Uh, Goalie deadline acquisitions, overrated or underrated? Uh, I think goalie deadline acquisitions overrated. Not a single deadline acquisition in recent history has helped the team win a Stanley Cup. Jonas Carposalo last year. Yeah, they didn't win a Stanley Cup. No, <laughs> definitely did not win the Stanley Cup. The, didn't even get further through the playoffs than they had in any prior, prior year. The best one I can think of in recent memory was a Robin Leonard one. And yeah. Vegas had a good run in the playoffs. Obviously, they didn't win the cup that year, or did they win? The, no, they didn't. No, they no, they won the cup last year. They didn't win the cup. Yeah. Um, and he played really well. He came onto that team and played really well. That's the only one I can think of in recent history that was actually like good, and that still didn't get you to a Stanley Cup. So there isn't a ton of in-season goalie trades that have actually like worked to a Stanley Cup level, but. Luongo from Vancouver to Florida worked pretty well for Florida that year, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think they, you know, especially going on beyond that, like Luongo had actually a little bit left in the tank where he played pretty well. 
Dwayne Rollison was an acquisition for Edmonton in 2006. They went to the cup final that year that was on, good. on the back that was of Rollison. Yeah, that was a good one. Uh, Almost ben, when he got hurt in the cup final. Yeah. Uh, ben Bishop from, I guess, the Senators to, to Tampa Bay. They had some success. Yeah. Didn't win a cup, obviously, uh, in that year, but yep. Ben Bishop was a good find for, for the Tampa Bay Lightning. So, like, there's been some good finds. It's just it doesn't ever really work out to be a Stanley Cup-level find. No. As uh, far as values go, like, goalies aren't getting the trade value that they used to. You he, know? They don't really have that value. I mean, and it's funny, when the Canucks traded Corey Schneider for the ninth overall pick, there was a big outcry that the Canucks did not get enough. Yeah. And no goalie trade since then has netted as much value as that trade has. Like, that's the most value any team has gotten yeah. for a goaltender like uh, in the past, like, decade and a bit. There's only a couple of guys that have been traded for a first-round pick, right? Yeah. It's like Robin Leonard. Leonard for first-round pick. Uh, I think Martin Jones as well. I think so. And went from Boston to San Jose for a first-round pick. Ryan Miller at the deadline Yeah, went for uh, a first-round pick, and th- that didn't work out. There's just... But like it wasn't like many high cases pick. where a first round pick like, well think of it this way: how many teams use a first round pick on a goalie anymore? They Very rare, it. right? So goalies tend to just not be worth the value of of other rentals in season or in general. So yeah. uh, maybe Jacob Markstrom or UC Saros makes that different. Like, but Markstrom is playing at a Vesna level right now. Saros has been a Vesna guy the last couple of years. So maybe they do get a pretty decent haul, but I don't know if it's something that would be eye-poppingly huge. Yeah, uh, we got a couple texts I want to get to on this really quickly. Uh, Jeffro, Canucks gave up a second-round pick for Mika Norinen. <laughs> didn't quite work out. He was supposed to be the next Mika Kiprasov, but that didn't happen. Ryan and Langley. Was, was, Mika, the, was it just like, well, his name is Mika. Mika Kiprasov is pretty good. Well, that must be up. it. Well, there was you know, both San Jose guys, <laughs> yeah. you know, to some extent. You know what I mean? There's certain things there about them or whatever, yeah, yeah. and there was some value there potentially. But uh, Kiprasov, Ryan and Langley says, that was a good one too. The yeah. Flames uh, got Get, oh, Kiprasov. almost won the Stanley Cup, and he yeah. was a big part of it. All right, next. Next one comes from Bick Nazar. Your oh. rivals losing, overrated or underrated? Oh, man, it underrated. It is the best thing ever. I might enjoy it more than my team <laughs> winning. Uh, sorry to those that were on the Niners. Uh, I know many of you are Niners fans. I was not shedding any tears for the San Francisco 49ers. As a uh, lifelong Seahawks fan, there was uh, there was no tear shed for the uh with the San Francisco 49ers. Well, ask Canucks fans when they watch the Leafs lose in the yeah. playoffs. Like, it's... it's <laughs> When they see the discourse of, uh, of Morgan Riley, like, yes. Canucks fans love watching the Leafs lose in the playoffs. It is the greatest form of schadenfreude you can have in your life is when your bitter rival is having poor success or is not having success. Yes. And uh, it goes both ways. Like, when your bitter rival is having a ton of success, you hate it. I know that as a Juventus fan this year. I know that as a Vikings fan. And the Packers just, uh, they're never bad. And that's annoying. They're just always better than Minnesota, generally. Yeah, super fun. (laughs) It's great. Next one. uh, Sunday Red, Tiger's new clothing line. Overrated or underrated? It's feeling very overrated right now. Tiger's Red? Yeah, Sunday Red. I think it's very underrated. Why is Sunday two words? Okay, so I did some... (laughs) Yeah, this was a good question. I did some digging. Why is Sunday two words? I know. Did some digging. There's a golf um, brand, I guess, already named Sunday. Okay. And that's like copyrighted. There's one word. So I don't think they were able to do 
Sunday red. Right. So they had to do the separated. Sunday. Yeah. So it's just like all of us when we were trying to add like a social media handle and the <laughs> yeah, name's not they're available. They're just mixing yeah. things up until it works. <laughs> also, I bet this like, they like the acronym of SDR or whatever. Yeah. SDR. The shoes look like they were made from the 60s. It's like, come I on, know. Tiger. You went from having like the greatest Nike golf shoes to this? Ah. I'll still buy a ton of this stuff. No, oh, yeah, he's gonna he's yeah. gonna get killed. Except I feel like it's I gonna will, be so expensive. I will yeah. say, you know, he started wearing it, and I'm like, well, it's kind of growing on me now. It, it looks, looks nice. great. <laughs> well, I mean, everything looks good on. The thing with Tiger was everything looked good. Well, on Well, when Tiger. you're a bodybuilder like Tiger yeah. Woods, is, yeah, everything, everything, looks, everything looks good. Everything looks good on you. You know, tall, lean, athletic build, or like oh. jacked build. I saw him in the vested. I'm like, yeah, oh, vest looks pretty nice. It looks pretty good. Tiger's guy's, pulling it off. Guy's got two bum legs and he's just averaging 340 on his drives. It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, he's a freak, man. He's a freak. Uh, all right. life. Uh, Dom, golf sims, overrated or underrated? I've never golf simmed. No. I don't know. The last one we went to was overrated. It wasn't. <laughs> it was great. It was a nice place. I just, I just, I was having an off night. So oh, that's why it was overrated. So yeah. Reach's golf game, overrated. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it's pretty much yes. Yeah. I've only been like once or twice. Like I don't really know if they're overrated or underrated. Yeah. No, I mean you play you play all you year, play uh, year round. Rain, wind, rain, but snow. We're, we're also lucky here in sun. Vancouver because we kind of can do that. Yes. Yeah. But the Ontario people or people across <laughs> Canada really like. Yeah. Ontario kinda, people. My my, uh, my Instagram is giving me a lot of like golf sim ads lately, mm-hmm. and they're all like elsewhere. Wow. <laughs> it's like Alberta, Ontario, to Alberta to place Washington yeah. State. But uh, but if you go to a good golf sim with like really good screen and visuals, like you can play some of the best courses in the world, right? Pretty much, yeah. like virtually, yeah. Is that and fun? It was it sounds fun. fun. I so, enjoyed it. Yeah, I also won. We went to House of Golf in, in Langley, and uh, it's great setup. They have TrackMan set up, so it's like you know the best in the industry level like uh, tracking devices for golfers and. Um, it's a great setup. I just I had a terrible night. I felt it was very accurate. Personally. I don't know, Josh. You were hitting everything thirty yards longer than you do on the course. So I've been going to the gym. <laughs> I don't know. I've been That's working it. out. I've been working out. Yeah. The Breakfast Club is fighting. Yeah. Yes. Breach is just mad because he was like, you know what? I'm taking these lessons. I can finally yeah. beat Josh. And I had a terrible night. I love Reach. He's the guy that puts in all that work. You're like, you know, he's so Getting invested. no gains out of it. <laughs> he, Zero. No, it's not that he doesn't get gains, but it's like it's almost like I, I think he overthinks it. You definitely I think he, he overthinks overthink. it. You can see him in there too, <laughs> yeah. and he's like practicing swinging. I'm like, oh, he is so in his head right now. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm like not even taking warm up shots. No. Yeah. 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 But I'm I mean, the guy that's gonna like throw my my clubs into a, into a pond one day. Josh is also young. <laughs> yeah. Natural athleticism young. is what they would say. I'm a freak Some athlete. Say. <laughs> Soccer, football. All right, next. Easy. Um, well, I bet you. Okay, who's who's a better field goal kicker, Gronk or Josh Elliott Wolf? Oh, it's Josh Elliott Wolf. <laughs> well, you had my, like 17 chances yeah. before you hit the third. But mine yard. were also way longer than his was. Like his, like his I rem- were way longer. What? So what? He was kicking. Didn't he, he kick was up kicking there? an extra point? Wasn't he? Yeah, and my 33 my, yards. Mine yeah. were. I don't think it was an. You didn't do forty yards. Mine was thirty-five. Was it thirty-five? Yeah, it was thirty yards. It was thirty-five. But the point is, on the first one, I remember the first kick I took. Yeah, it was a couple yards short. Would have hit if I was hitting from Grunk's. Yeah, but but here here's the here's the take on about this. When there's pressure, it's not easy kicking. No. 
you know, like the Gronk thing, there's real pressure. There's real Just stakes. Jake Moody. Yeah, you're kicking a 33-yard field goal in a real playoff game. There are stakes. It's yeah. difficult. It, it's Put a lot in different. in a playoff game, man, coach. <laughs> just, ask, just ask any Minnesota Vikings kicker. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> okay. moving on. <laughs> By the way, I wanted. I, I was thinking my next thing. Ask any Buffalo Bills kicker. I was going to say Buffalo Bills. Oh, <laughs> I was thinking my next thing. So I've, I've done football. I've done soccer. How many free throws do you guys think I could hit? Out of row? how many? Oh, in a row. In a row. Um, I'd say you could probably do eight or nine. See, shooting is one of those things that once you, you get see the rhythm? ball go in, yeah. you get streaky. Yeah, and if you get in a rhythm, you can probably do eight or nine maybe. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I think I could do 15. 15? It's like uh, it's like being on the on the driving range. Right? How many? You, you get into a rhythm, yeah. you feel good about it, then you go out on the course, you're like, meh, I stink. Where was that 10 minutes ago? <laughs> yeah. But I remember like practicing when I, you know, when I played high school ball and we practiced free throws, we would practice and try to do 20 in a row mm-hmm. and try to do 20 and then you go until you get 20 in a row. Right. The, the tough part. It's remember, about getting in a rhythm. You get in a rhythm and it's like. But it's good. I'm, ve- I'm also very not good at basketball. Yeah. Well, so so we, we would have to up. shoot so after we'd, we'd run. So we'd be tired, like we do running yeah, like a punishment, like, okay, go shoot 10 free throws. Yeah. Yeah. So you're not just like in a rhythm and normal. You're like, so you feel like you're in a game. Exactly. You know, taking real free throws. But I mean, those conditions. Can you shoot a basketball? Can you shoot? I can shoot a basketball. Kind of? Like, do you look funny? Like, do you look, I, oh, do you look like definitely. Teen Wolf? You like a I don't Sean Marion uh, type of... Uh, <laughs> do you remember him? Were you guys at the Christmas party last year? The Papa, Papa Shot? shot? Yeah. I don't remember him doing Papa Shot. It, did, it didn't go so Papa well. Shot isn't the same. Yeah, Papa Shot's not as easy. Elon and I were like, what's going on right now? All the tall guys were just like dunking it. Like, well, yeah. then, then how? <laughs> and then just like just reaching like, their arms yeah, in. And like, so you think you can do 15 and you don't know how to shoot a basketball? Well, I know how to shoot a basketball. <laughs> I'm just saying my form isn't great. Could you get to 15 in a row? You're that, saying? That's what I'm thinking. I'm, I'm just trying to formulate my next challenge. I would say you're more likely to hit like uh, 70 out of 100 than you would be to hit 15 in a row. Yeah. I would say like Maybe if you take a hundred, if you do a hundred, you might be able to break seventy. Oh, dude, might. I don't think there's any way I break seventy. We'll no, Jim Ben's like, no, I've seen yeah. him shoot. There's <laughs> no way. Right. Anyway, moving on. Basketball, Phil choosing choosing to receive in NFL overtime, NFL playoff <laughs> overtime, overrated or under. Knowing the rules, overrated, I, underrated. I wonder what Kyle Shanahan thinks right now. Yeah, that's uh, inexcusable, isn't it? For, it, for you guys, it's a to be confused, rather large mistake. Like every guy on your team should know what the overtime rules are yeah. in a playoff game. Yeah. Like you have to know. Yeah. You got two weeks leading up to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Like, hey, just in case this comes up. But also, um, wouldn't Shanahan tell them before the toss, like, "Hey, if we win, yeah, choose to defer." I'm pretty sure Shanahan said that he was the one that wanted to receive. Yeah, he wanted to receive. Yeah, yeah. I think you, there was an like audio of it too, so yeah. they received yeah. and they received. And, I mean, did so it's on Shanahan then. Did, did Shanahan yeah. say he knew the rules or not? He's, well, I think he said he wanted, he prioritized having third possession with those rules. Right. Because he was like, if we kick a field goal, they kick a field goal, then all we need is a field goal, right? Because yeah. they don't get a fourth possession. It, yeah, because it's it's sudden death. After the second. After the, but yeah, uh, but that's... like if. Both it's, teams score, but that's yeah. to me. It's kind of like putting. It's it's almost it's almost three, two three D. You know what I mean? Like it's one thing to defer and get the ball back, but you're already thinking about the next move after the next yeah. move. Yeah, four D chess. Four D chess. The value is, as Tony Romo pointed out during the broadcast, is like so you defer or you get the ball second, and basically you're just four down territory the whole time. Yeah, <laughs> you know exactly what you need in order to extend overtime or yeah. win the game, whatever it might be. And that's the value in, in, in going second. That's a huge, like I said, 
It's the reason why I uh, I picked against the San Francisco 49ers. Kyle Shanahan just find ways to lose in the Super Bowl. Next one from Vicky. Championship merch. Overrated or underrated? If it's uh, from Fanatics, it's overrated. Well, yes. <laughs> it's hard to get anything not from Fanatics. I'm like years, scared a little bit of what like hockey jerseys are going to look like next year. Did you see the baseball one? Yeah. They are bad. It is not great. No, I was just ruining sports merch. I will say, when I uh, ordered uh, a Browns jersey this year through Fanatics, I was very concerned until it arrived. <laughs> Were you happy with it in the end? Yeah, it was fine. Okay, it was fine. But I saw I saw this poor fan. I think it was in Detroit, who uh, they put it up on Twitter. They ordered a Quinn Hughes jersey. Yeah, and it showed up instead of forty three thirty four. That's the thing. Like, like, how does this happen so often? And she was I choked. So she, many of it, these it, like it, types of situations. And the poor fan was like so upset. Yeah. It's like ruined my night. I was so excited to go, and I'm gonna look like an idiot wearing yeah. a 34 huge jersey. Like, uh, I would say championship merch got to be underrated because hey, your team won a title. How often does it happen? Josh I got, is I got just a, like decked out in Denver Nuggets gear all the time. I, so well, I got one Nuggets <laughs> championship. I'm more of a like, hey, if your team wins a championship, you get a T-shirt. And like, even if you don't wear it, you can always be like, "Aha, that was fun." Yeah, you know, I think that merch is underrated. If if your team wins a championship, having a T-shirt or, or something from it would be cool. Next one, Brandon, gas station flowers on Valentine's Day. <laughs> Desperate. That's what that is. <laughs> you know, listen, underrated, underrated, underrated. Did you guys, underrated. Did you guys listen to the shows this afternoon with Dollywall and uh, Donnie the did crossover? I, I did Dollywall's see the clip. Yeah, going to the gas station to get flowers. Oh, uh, you know what? Honestly, here's the thing. Valentine's Day is about the thought more than anything else, unless you have a relationship where there's an expectation of a really nice gift. And maybe that's a relationship you have and you agree and that's what you want to do. But if you don't have that type of relationship where a big gift is necessary, where it's more about, hey, we don't really celebrate this. It's about the thought. Here's what I would say, though. Doesn't gas station flowers say that you're not thinking too hard about it? That's what I'm saying. (laughs) That's like if you're the recipient of the gas station flowers, you're like, what? You didn't even like have any foresight you didn't even stop at a grocery store yeah. to get these flowers you got gas station flowers but i mean what what's i mean if the gas station flowers are let's say you stop for gas and you look at the flowers like hey these look pretty nice in that they're, case whatever sure. but i i, I would they know these... they're gas station flowers yeah so does yeah. it say chevron on them that's <laughs> my next question how would how would they know how would they know how would they know how would they know, would, would they know? You know if they're, i mean you're not gonna get no, junky flowers. flowers if you can find yeah. decent if the flowers look nice yeah. like come on like and Usually for Valentine's Day, even a small gift is more than a flower. It's some sort of a delicacy, right? A chocolate or a yeah. minor little gift or whatever. So you get nice chocolate, like go to Purdy's, yes. get some nice chocolate. Then afterwards, the flowers, I mean, you know, they don't have to be, you know. Mm-hmm. They don't have to be uh, exceptional flowers. No, like, I would say I, you at least got to go to grocery store level personally. Yeah. But I mean, could you not make the case that sometimes those those are overrated? Yeah. Sure. Sure. I think just uh, Valentine's Day, know your partner. Whether they like flowers or not, that's that's big. You know, if they appreciate the flowers, for example, my part, my my uh, my better half, she's just <laughs> like not about the flowers. You know, she like likes flowers, but also hates having to take care of them afterwards. Yeah. Hates when they die, and and then it's just like, well, you spent fifty bucks on you know something that was gone in a week. Yeah. Uh, 
Chocolate strawberries, gone in a day, also expensive, but more more preferred for my partner. So it's just like, it depends on what your relationship is. And they taste better than flowers. Yeah. Uh, Vicky's experience. husband texts in, uh, nice. overrated, underrated, waiting for Costco flowers to be restocked. <laughs> underrated. <laughs> underrated. Uh, we got a few more. We'll go late because you guys went wait, late with Woodley. Uh, <laughs> Chef we- Swagger, red velvet cakes and or cookies. Overrated Ooh. or underrated? Overrated. Not a fan. You're not a red velvet cake no, guy? Not my, not my it's thing. just chocolate, yeah, but red. It's just, mm, I, I feel know. like red velvet cakes are underrated. They're delicious. They're soft. I think they're good. They're nice. The um, icing is, is tasty. They're I think red. they're perfectly rated, personally. I think it okay. sounds delicious. Yeah. Red velvet. It's like, ooh. Yum. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's just... Velvet, like the word velvet, you know... Sounds luxurious. Yes. Smooth. I'm not a big just <laughs> velvety. I'm not a big cake person. No? No. Hmm. I mean, if like, I'm, I don't mind a nice, you know, piece of cake or whatever, but I'm not like, oh, cake. If I'm going cake, cheesecake. Mm, All yeah, day, every day. Cheesecake is it's, good. I will say red velvet cookies are better than red velvet cake. Yeah, I can't be behind that. Ooh. I'm good with anything red velvet. Underrated. Uh, a couple more. Austin, nachos. Overrated or underrated? Delicious. Depends on the type of nachos. Right? I had nachos at the Clayton on Sunday during the game. They were great. good. Yeah. They were good. I, there is such a thing as overloaded nachos. Oh, for sure. Like if 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 you really if the chips are like too soggy by the time you have everything on, that's, <laughs> if I need a spoon and I need a fork to eat my nachos, yeah, it's probably a little too much. You need a good amount of cheese too, yeah. so that all the toppings stick, so that mm. it's not falling off as you're bringing the chip up to your mouth. You know. I'm uh. I love nachos. Give me the nachos. Give me like some some pulled chicken on top with some salsa. Pulled chicken. I like. I'm Maybe partial to cream. beef on top. Oh yeah. On nachos. Like ground beef. Yeah. Mm. Anything really goes. Yeah. And we'll end with this one. Corbin, Pearl Jam, overrated or underrated? Oh, I'm the wrong person to ask here. I don't know if they can be underrated. For I mean, me. Are they like, overrated? They, they are my favorite band. Are they overrated? I don't think people like crap on them. No, I think about. Maybe like 20 years ago, yeah, there was this like they're the best band of all time. <laughs> if you asked me this question like 15 years ago, I'd probably say overrated. Yeah, now I'd say like you know perfectly rated. They're a good band. Underrated, and uh, they're opening their next tour, their Dark Matter tour in Vancouver on May 4th. That's amazing. If you can make out anything Eddie Vedder says. <laughs> <laughs> was uh, Adam Sandler and SNL made famous? My favorite. <laughs> my favorite. Uh, Pearl Jam story is really funny but also like m- makes me feel very old because Eddie Vedder got the gig mm-hmm. as the Pearl Jam singer because he was a cover band singer for the Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> yes. And they found him. And they found him. And the the, the original Mother Love Bone singer <laughs> yeah. passed away. That's what they were called before they became Pearl Jam. Yeah. Mookie Actually Blaylock. before they became Pearl Jam they were Mookie Blaylock. Yes. Mookie and Blaylock. before Mookie Blaylock, they were Mother Love Bone. It's a good, great band name. Good thing they settled on uh, Pearl Jam. Yeah, <laughs> that was uh, that's a better name. It's, yeah, out of all all of them, it's the better name. Although Mookie Blaylock was pretty dope. <laughs> I think Mookie was the one that had a problem with it. He was <laughs> like, like I don't on? want this. What's going on? Uh, it's Dan Richo, Satyar Shah. You are listening to Canuck Central. Hitting the most important topics for Vancouver sports fans. The People's Show with Vic Nazar. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.